0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
1: Scotland all the way We'll analyse the
0: game, we'll look at
1: what we did wrong and we'll get ourselves ready for Friday I think we've had seven or eight really good chances and you know if you don't take them then you're never going to win a game Listen we didn't come here for a learning experience but obviously if we have to learn lessons from it that's what we'll do They were clinical and we weren't and that's why the result is what it is
0: this is the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Davy Proven and Stephen Cragan.
1: Hindsight's a wonderful gift. Yes. Nobody's got it. The game on Friday will take care of itself.
0: Go, go. go Scotland!
2: Such a great pre-match atmosphere. In the first 40 minutes, things were going pretty well, but a 2-0 defeat at the hands of the Czech Republic wasn't
3: the start we were after, Davy Proven. No, I, I've got to admit, Rob, I did not see that result coming at all. And, you know, I've, I've got to say that Steve Clark deservedly has had a lot of credit for getting us there, but I think he has to hold his hands up for the team that he picked yesterday. I think he got it wrong. And Craig's David Marshall's been
2: getting it in the neck, hasn't he, on the back of that game. Too easy a scapegoat? Well,
4: people always want a scapegoat. No matter what happens, they always want to point a finger and blame someone. There were so many things that went against David Marshall for that goal. You know, the fact that there was so much space for him to, for uh, Schick to run into. He's left-footed, it's on his perfect side. David Marshall's off his line, trying to anticipate something happening. So um, I think when it goes 2 nil it's a long way back. But ultimately, people want to point a finger and blame. And I'm sure David Marshall is big enough and old enough to take it.
2: What do you think? 0808 1717 08, 17, 700 your reaction to what happened yesterday at the national stadium wasn't the start we were after at all but there are still two games to go can Scotland bounce back can we turn it around uh, maybe had we won yesterday we would have gone to Wembley with a bit of a swagger Uh, As it is, uh, we're going to Wembley to try to uh, repair what happened yesterday. So that's Friday and then a week tonight, it is Scotland against Croatia at Hamden and it could all be settled in that game as to whether Scotland have any chance of progressing through the group. We'll be hearing what Stevie Clark had to say today uh, on the basis of what happened yesterday. And also, we are already looking ahead to the club season next season because the fixtures are out Rangers at home to Livingston as they open their defence of the title how long is that away Crags you worked it out 47 days today the season starts <laughs> no, 47 days and Kenting uh, and uh, Ange Postacoglu Davey's still not here <laughs> any, but... sign, any sign of him no <laughs> yeah, have a look in the skies is he heading this way Ange Postacoglu Celtic will be away to Hearts on the opening day of the Premiership in the, the first court. Old Firm match is on the 28th of August. It's down for a Saturday at the moment. Presumably it will be on the Sunday for television purposes. So let's look back on what happened yesterday and let's look forward, as we must, to uh, what's going to happen at Wembley on Friday. I was just listening, Davey, on the way in to uh, radio reflections on uh, Scotland at the Euros last time around, our last Euros was 1996 wow. and that famous England-Scotland game Gary McAllister's penalty saved and uh, Gaza flipping the ball over Colin yeah. Hendry's head and scoring uh, a second goal
3: I'll, I'll tell you what Rob, if, if we play as well on Friday evening as we did back in '96, I'll, I'll be quite happy with that yeah. I'll, I would take our chances if we can find that kind of performance because we matched England that day and we're desperately unlucky, you know. Seaman saves Gary's penalty. They go straight up, and it's obviously a piece of a genius from from Gaza. But was it Yuri Geller? Did Yuri Geller yeah. move the ball on the spot? Yeah, I really don't know. <laughs> the ball certainly moved, didn't it? And <laughs> it, did. it didn't do Gary any favour no. since he was running up. But going back to going back to what I, I the, the point I'm trying to make: if we can find a similar performance on Friday, we've got a chance. Does this team have it, David? Do you think? So does this team have that type of performance Well, not an evidence in evidence of what we saw yesterday, Craigs. I mean, on, from what we saw yesterday, no. Um, I, I just can't believe how flat we were. Oh. The big players, the ones that you're wanting to, to to do the business for us, McGinn and McTominay, who've been heroes for us, yeah, uh, just weren't at it yesterday at all. It is a
2: flattening feeling, isn't it, um, on the back of what happened yesterday. Let's lift it. Let's lift it towards Friday uh, as Scotland tackle England. No motivation required ahead of that one. So former Scotland winger Davy Proven with us. Uh, Stephen Craigan is here as well with me, Rob McLean. And we welcome Ryan into the football chat as well. Hi, Ryan.
5: Hi, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, Hi,
2: well, we're as well as can be expected, I guess, at the moment. How are you?
5: Yeah, not too bad. Um, I was a wee bit disappointed, well, not a wee bit, a, quite a big bit disappointed with the way we played yesterday and yeah. obviously the, the final result. But I mean, we did have our chances. It was incredible the chances we had. Um, this just shows you the difference. They've got a, The Czech Republic have got a striker that plays for Bayer Leverkusen. We don't have that sort of quality, and that's just the difference on the day, I guess.
2: Yeah I think um, cutting edge definitely a, a quality striker um, he took his chances Patrick Sheik uh, Scotland didn't find the back of the net and also uh, Davey the, the goalkeeper uh, Vatslik made a couple yeah. of crucial saves didn't he he stopped an own goal uh-huh. and
3: also yeah. uh, you the one know, he save with, with his to, boot from, from Lyndon Dykes Yeah it was like a, it reminded me of a Stefan Kloss save who Stefan Kloss saved so many with his feet um, and it was a terrific save instinctive right footed save um, but over the piece I, I don't think we can have too many complaints Rob um, on the day we were looking for much more and we, I think we've been getting excited or certainly I have been getting excited about the discovery of Dykes and, and Shea Adams and maybe we've gone a little bit over the top in terms of the quality of Lyndon Dykes in, in, in particular I, I'm not talking here with the benefit of hindsight I've been saying for weeks here that Scotland should have started with the two of them yesterday yeah. and have a go mm. you know and I think I think the Scotland fans would, would respect Steve Clark. If we had if we had lost having a goal and I, I think the handbrake to a certain extent was, was still on.
2: Here's Stevie Clark saying stay positive today.
1: I think the last time we played Czech Republic at hand we probably had about forty percent possession. This time we had nearly sixty. Dominate the ball, nineteen shots at goal. Could be more clinical, only four on target. A lot of blocks for the checks, which tell you they defended well. So lots, lots of things that we can be positive about. Yeah, some of the numbers may be uh, working for Scotland,
2: but uh, the vital stat out of yesterday, unfortunately, is a 2 0 defeat. Ryan, what did you think of the starting lineup? How did it compare with the way you wanted Scotland to be lining up?
5: Um, when, when the team came in about half twelve, one o'clock, I was gutted because one of my favourite players, and Kieran Tierney, obviously, who I've watched play for Celtic and then Arsenal wasn't even involved so I guess he had a slight injury which was really disappointing he's one of your he's one of your few captains on the pitch I would say as, as well as Robertson he's a sort of leader he, he brings the, the team up up a couple of levels um, I was disappointed that we only started with the one recognised striker up front I know Christy sort of plays that floating role just behind but um, no I, I think we should have went with the two and I even thought when When Shea Adams came onto the pitch in the second half I thought he was showing glimpses of what he could do He can definitely He does a power of running Um, I just don't think we're in a position To be having players like Shea Adams on the bench I'll be perfectly honest He's got to be starting every game for us
2: yeah, I'm, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Davey and we spoke about this a lot in the build-up uh, to the game, Crags. Uh, two, it was two strikers for me all day long but if it was going to be
4: one striker then play the English Premier League striker, the quality striker, Che Adams. Yeah, I think to be honest his all-round game is probably slightly better than Lyndon Dykes hence the reason why he's playing the Premier League for Southampton. You know, Lyndon Dykes brings so much, so much energy so much appetite but I just think Che Adams is probably a more natural finisher probably a better box player than what Lyndon Dykes would be but I think, you know, the pattern of the game, the players were a little bit nervous. I think you have to look at the back three and think they didn't put enough quality forward to the centre forward. You know, there wasn't balls dropped in or put in feet. It was through forward in haste at times or long balls. And Lyndon Dykes was having to do it all himself. And that's why I think with a second striker there, it would have, you know, helped, I think probably the workload that he had and Ryan Christie was unfortunate because he couldn't get on the ball. He couldn't get him in those little pockets of space. He couldn't get him where they wanted him to be. So that's why he had to be sacrificed. So I think when we looked at the team, you thought there's no real glare and issues apart from the second centre forward. But you think everyone has probably earned the right to play in the team. But I think, you know, it boils down to personal preference. I'm like Dave, I would have liked two centre forwards. I think when, when you play a 3-5-2, two, the two centre forwards pin the back four back because they're, the, the full backs are scary or are wary of going forward in case they leave spaces. Whereas with one centre-forward, two centre-half stayed with him, means the full-backs can go and bomb on, and that's where the first goal comes from.
2: I'm not sure the absence, Davey, of, of Kieran Tierney actually turned out to be so important in the game, because my my big worry before when, when I heard he was out was how's this going to affect Andy Robertson? Well, on the evidence yeah. of the first half, it didn't, because he was running riot down the left-hand side, and actually, defensively, Scott, it wasn't the worst part of the
3: Scotland performance no, yesterday. No, it wasn't. It was from midfield forward, wasn't it? That We were... Um we were so short. Um, the, the other position I would look at, and and again, I'm I'm not using hindsight here. I've been saying this for some time in the program. I would have gone with Nathan Patterson, oh. um, and I'm not having a dig at Stephen O'Donnell, who who I think has played right to the maximum for Scotland. I think Stephen O'Donnell's given us as good as he has. I think young Patterson could could have offered more for Scotland on that on that side, and even James Forrest. If you're going with two up. I think Scotland should have gone with two up and maybe better words on the right-hand side because the service from the left is usually good for Scotland. Very little coming in from the right. Uh, and I think that's another one that Steve Clark has to hold his hands up for. Central midfield, again, it was a strange one. No, I thought it was going to be either Callum McGregor or Billy Gilmer, Both of them benched. Mm. That, was, that was a strange one for me.
2: Yeah, and it was strange because Callum McGregor had been started in both of the warm-up games against Netherlands and Luxembourg. That led you to think that he wasn't going to be left yeah. out for... Game number one at the Euros, Crags.
4: No, it, it makes you wonder why he played the two games then. You know, we thought he maybe should have left him out for one of those games because he's played so many games over the past number of years, you know. So the fact that when he started the two, and he took him off at half-time, I think, against Luxembourg, you think, well, he's going to start the first game. And that meant that they, they missed a link player. They missed someone to link their back three to the centre-forwards or their forward players. They didn't have anybody who could get on the ball and play those little passes because John McGinn's a worker, he, he chases down, he breaks up play, dribbles with the ball, McTominay, you know, has a has a role in the team. And Stuart Armstrong's a runner. So I think they missed a the Callum McGregor, Billy Gilmer, David Turnbull type of that ilk who can get on the ball and, and tick the game over and make those passes from the back three to the forwards because... Crucial,
3: absolutely yeah, crucial. crucial, the ball out from the back. Is, yeah. And that's what Scott McTominay gave us when he was from in the there. Yeah. He could step into midfield and he had the range of passing, not just to fire it up at the strikers, to drop it in short so they could come and receive the ball. The service, to, the service no. from back to front when we did miss out in the midfield wasn't good enough. But that's what Tierney gives also because he runs, yeah. he carries the ball, he was in
4: the midfield, he, he bypasses the midfield and suddenly their defence has to start making decisions and that's where they get the overloads on the left-hand side whereas Cooper, Hanley, you know, they were quite happy just to be defenders and they missed. You've either got to be really good in the ball or you've got to be able to step into the game and break the lines and without Tierney, then they didn't have that in midfield either.
2: And I guess, Ryan, when, you, when you're lacking Kieran Tierney, uh, when you realise he's not in the lineup. Uh, and you get performances from two really big players for Scotland in Scott McTominay and John McGinn, just not delivering what we know they're capable of. It's going to be tough, isn't it, from there on in?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Like I was saying earlier, it came to know if you sort of leadership. Did you expect that? And Scott McTominay, I was really disappointed with the midfield in general. I know McGinn was trying his hardest to get on the ball and Armstrong as well, but I feel like if you're going to play. In a, a midfield free like that, you've got to have either McGinn or Armstrong. You've got to have a a guy that can sort of dictate the the midfield, as like a sort of Gilmore or maybe even a um, what's his name, Cal McGregor. I, I was surprised that Cal McGregor wasn't playing. Um, he seems to play every other game, so I, I don't I don't understand why he didn't play this one. Um, I, I can't I can't complain too much. If he's getting a wee bit of a rest, it's, it's good for my my domestic team anyway. But um, no, I think they should be playing Callum McGregor in games like that. Um, I, I wanted Patterson in the team as well, I've got to be perfectly honest. Um, I think he's shown glimpses, both for Rangers and for his, uh, in his debut performance, that shows that he'll be a good player in the future, um, or in the present, rather. As so,
2: well. do you play him at Wembley, Ryan? Uh, Nathan I, Patterson?
5: I think if we were going to play Nathan Patterson, it would have been in this game there. Um, I think O'Donnell will play at Wembley purely for his defensive qualities, um, What's his Steve Clark obviously trusted him. He trusted him at Kilmarnock. He was a ever present player there. So I think he will play at Wembley. I don't see the point in putting Patterson in. Sort of for like a risk in case in case he had a bad performance at Wembley, then that could hinder him going into the future. He wouldn't want that put on him. Um I would want a more defensive option at right back, I would think. I just
2: wonder whether Stevie Clark might be influenced by the impact that, that that James Forrest had in the game Davey when when he came on uh, I mean he has played at right at right wing back you do, yeah. you do worry about his the the defensive qualities but it, but he's done it a lot he's experienced and actually um, what he can do for you is he can push the opposition back
3: on that side yeah. and you're not really bothered about defending I I, I think he's he's got the, he's certainly played that position the wing back position he's got the engine to track Um, I don't think there's any doubt he's conscientious defensively Uh, and he can also stretch the game for he's a great ball carrier and I I really don't see the point now going to to Wembley to try and sit in and try and nick something I I really hope Scotland go and have a go Mm. go and have a go why not try and give them a few problems
4: I'm not too sure that's the way Steve Clark would have ideally wanted to go to Wembley, Davy. Would he? You know, but no, he has no. to now because of the context yeah. of what happened yesterday. I think ideally he would like to have went and sat in and playing the counter attack. If he wins the first game, he if could. If he have wins done the first that. game, yeah. you, could, you know, I think even a draw last night you could probably do yeah. that because you know you can then can beat Croatia at home. So I think his dynamic will have to change, and he will have to get that across to the players in the next few days that maybe the plan that he wanted is going to have to change, and they're going to have to, as Davy says, have more of a go at the game.
2: There's a lot of focus at the moment on Kieran Tierney. Uh, missing yesterday, will he be back on Friday?
1: He did a little bit of light training today. And then we'll just see how he progresses. He's got a chance.
2: He's got a chance. Um, let's hope it's a big chance, Davey.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think that means he's fit. He's going to be fit. I don't think Steve Clark would yeah. say that otherwise. No. Um, and it makes a hell of a difference to the, the team, doesn't it?
2: That's, back, that's him back on the training ground and it's only Tuesday.
3: Yeah, yeah, great news. Um, we just uh, missed him so much. And, and Wembley will be right up his street. And he strikes fear into, into opposition. I mean, you can only imagine how the Czech
2: Republic felt yesterday, Craggs, when they look at the Scotland team sheet and he's not there.
4: Well, I think you only have to look at the Scotland supporters. You know, Ryan's on there telling us how he felt. He was gutted when he wasn't playing. Scotland fans are thinking the same, the majority of them. So the Czechs would have been the opposite. They'd have been delighted because of his threat carrying, going forward, stepping into the game, committing people, overlapping, crosses from the left-hand side. I think the relationship him and Andy Robertson have is absolutely top class. So suddenly you take that dynamic out of the team, then Scotland have to try and play differently, and I don't think they could match up to it.
2: Are you hopeful, Ryan, for Friday?
5: Um, <laughs> I want to. I want to try and stay as optimistic as I can. But I mean, England are a really good team. There's no. There's no going away from that. They've got a load of young players that I'm quite fond of. Um, whether it be Foden or Bellingham, I like watching those players every week. Mm. Um, I mean, you never know in a game that it would it would have been ideal if we'd have won the first game and then maybe I'd feel a wee bit more optimistic. But I feel like the pessimistic side of me is coming out. Um, uh, I, you know, I'd, I'd take a draw just now, but you never know.
2: You never know. Thanks for calling. Good to have you on the show. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers. And if you want to get in touch and talk Scotland, be it looking back on yesterday or looking forward to Friday, 0808 17 17 700. We're back at the Radisson Red this Friday, building up to that England-Scotland game live at Wembley. Mark Guidi, former Scotland captain, Paul Lambert and Livingston assistant manager Marvin Bartley will be there bringing all the excitement and you could be there too. All you have to do is text the word ROB should be able to spell it, R O B to 87474. You must be 18 or over. Lines close at 6:30 p.m. Full terms and conditions can be found now at thisisgo.co.uk. So text Rob to eight seven four seven four now, and we could be picking you to join the guys watching the huge match at one of the most iconic venues in Glasgow. The Radisson Red. Good
1: luck. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
2: And if you're listening to us and watching Hungary against Portugal, then you're doing exactly what we're doing. We've got no choice about listening to us, mind you. Uh, unless we take the headphones off. Uh, you're with Rob McLean, Stephen Cragan and I'm David Proven on the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. And we're watching the Euros and we're watching Davy Proven, a massive crowd, 60,000 yeah. in
3: Budapest watching Hungary and Portugal, wow, how does that look? Just like old times Rob, it really is fabulous to see almost a capacity crowd, it's, it's what it used to be and it's what we all want to to be very quickly as well. It's just become very alien, it just looks so
4: weird mm. doesn't it Crags? Well it looks so good also you know seeing the fans jumping up and down obviously we can't hear the atmosphere but you can just imagine the lift it's going to give the players also in a full stadium you know it just shows that hopefully we can get to there soon hopefully decisions can be made Rob that we can start to move towards that because That's what our game's all about. Fans in the stadium atmosphere and getting the best out of the players.
2: 26 minutes gone. It is Hungary nil, Portugal nil. We'll just break into some commentary on this. (laughs) Break all the broadcasting rules probably in the process. Just looking at the Portuguese team, I mean they must have a a reasonable shout here you would have thought. They're, They're not one of the fancied in that they're they're probably not in the top four or five of the favourites to win this, but when you look at their starting lineup here tonight, Pepe and Ruben Dias at the back, yeah. Rui Patricio in goals. They've got, of course, Cristiano Ronaldo. So you assume they're going to get some goals. Bernardo Silva creating, Bruno Fernandes, Danilo, Jota. Diogo Jota as yeah. well. I mean that
3: that's a fair old lineup, isn't it's it? A huge amount of talent in that team. Um, defending champions and. You would sing you would Ronaldo in his fifth Euros which is remarkable in itself and probably his last Euros will want to leave a mark on it wouldn't you?
2: France against Germany later no. on as well I think the plan will be to get back to the barracks in time yeah. to watch that Craigs uh, later on maybe with a glass in your hand I know sometimes you like to relax while watching know? the football oh, nice. <laughs> just, oh, just, nice just to wind down uh, <laughs> who's, you, who's your winner of the tournament do Oof. you reckon?
4: Do you know what? I watched Italy um, the other night against Turkey i watched them because they, I, I covered them against Northern Ireland back in March 27 games unbeaten 9 clean sheets in a, in a row they've got a really good age about them as well a lot of young talent Barella in midfield Locatelli in midfield they've got Insignia White in the left uh, I just look at them and think they will go very close you know Germany's and France they've got good players and good attacking players but the Italians are so disciplined but They're not the old Italian style where they sit back and one goal, they want to go and get goals, they want to go and win games comfortably. And I think the Italians will go very close.
2: Were they flattered, the Italians, by how poor
3: Turkey were that opening night, David? Maybe a little bit, but I I do agree with um, Stephen. Whatever Mancini has done there um, is, is working and they're hitting for him at the right time. I think Belgium should win it. I would love to see them win it because I think this might be the last chance for this very special group of Belgian players to, to win a major. They should have won the last World Cup for me. They had the best squad and lost to France. Uh, and although Roberto Martinez has got a lot of credit for getting them to the semis, they, for me, they should, should have won it. it.
4: Yeah.
3: And if you're looking player for player, I think they have the best squad here as well.
2: How lucky is Sean Maloney to be a part mm-hmm. of that coaching set up under Roberto Martinez, working with that yeah. quality of player?
4: It must be a dream, you know, as a as a young coach trying to establish yourself in the game and getting the chance to work alongside Roberto Martinez first and foremost. You know, I like the way he coaches, the way his team play. Yeah, I, th- I think Thierry Henry has rejoined the staff for the Euros also, hasn't he? So just to be on the pitch with those guys and see the in-depth detail that they go to and the quality they have and how they train and, you know, just what they do. Uh, it's just, you know, phenomenal. So many world-class players. And, I mean, they won, what, 3-0 against Russia. They didn't have De Bruyne. Hazard come off the bench. Mm. Wittschild didn't play in midfield. So you're thinking to yourself, they've still got more to come. But, you know, I think Davies right as well. Belgium will be hugely disappointed if they don't win it just because they've been so close. Everything seems to be building towards them. Momentum, they've got Lukaku who's scoring goals left, right and centre. So uh, that's what makes it exciting because there's two or three teams now you think they've got a real chance and you can't wait. And I think France-Germany is just the start of it tonight. When you get the top-class teams coming against each other, that's where you see the top-class players shining through.
2: Normally, we would not be ruling Germany out. They tend to contend just about every major competition. This time around, though, they're not really too fancied. I mean, Joachim Love, the coach, has told everyone that he is he's going, uh, he's yeah. he's leaving. Does that have a big impact? I don't think that
3: helps, yeah. I think if you look at all the situations where managers, and I'm talking about people like Walter Smith, Sir Alec Ferguson, when they've announced that they were going to leave it has a detrimental uh, effect. It might suit Germany though that no one's talking about them. You know, that, oh. that, very often that's that's what happens. You know, none more so than when Denmark come off the beach to win in, in 92. But I, I think for me, Belgium, Italy looking great. The, the usual names, France won't be far away either. No. So
4: England, Davy. I know they make a lot of noise but it's they, they, coming home and it's staying at home. Uh,
3: yeah. You know, they've got a good squad, haven't they, as well? Yeah, they, they, like... always, they always do have a good squad, yeah. don't they? I, I don't see them as winners. No. So. Yeah.
2: At least the media aren't talking them up too, too much, <laughs> uh, as ever. Uh, Stephen Craigan, Davy Provin, Rob McLean in the Go Radio football studio. We're surrounded by soul tyres. We're looking ahead to Friday. Uh, we're trying to get ourselves up for the game on the back of that disappointment yesterday at Hamden. Uh, let's, talk to, let's talk to Kieran, who's a wheelchair football international, of course, spoken to him before, and host of All About Ability podcast. Hi, Kieran.
6: Hey there, how are you doing? Yeah, you
2: good Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, well,
6: I'm still
2: recovering from the disappointment of last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th- I think we all are. We're trying to get ourselves up off the floor um, and look ahead to, to, to Friday. Are you managing to, to see the positives? Are you managing to, to see what's ahead for Scotland rather than being too downhearted about what happened yesterday?
6: I think so, yeah. like I, I really feel like it would be typical Scotland to beat England the Friday <laughs> Um, no, no, The way that we are, yeah. uh, I can see, I can see England maybe of this a bit, and, and we we go in with a bit of a fire because of the way the game played out last night. Um, and so maybe that's just me looking at it from a biased point of view, but I can see us going up, growing up every upset we upset. You Who knows?
2: Yeah, because my thought right at the top of the show, Kieran, was that that maybe this works for us in a sense, because oh. if we had we beaten the Czech Republic, we might have been swaggering down to Wembley and thinking, you know, we're maybe onto something here. Whereas, you know, reality check is, uh, is spelt C-H-A-C-K rather than the C-Z version. But but, you know, maybe there has been something of a reality check on the on the back of yesterday.
6: Yeah, I mean, I think, look, for the most part, I thought we we played well and we looked like, a, we, looked like we were creating good chances, but the, the goals just not the problem out of us. Um, but, like you say, I feel like the goals came from mistakes of lack of concentration and a bit of nerves, I feel like. Uh, when you look at the first goal, it was like three corners they had, the third one, it comes back out, and we, uh, we just don't get out quick enough. So I think those are, those are those are things that we can rectify, and going into the England game, I feel like the guys will be really up for it to... Pull off up an upset, and England might well. You know, they won the game against Croatia, but they, they were far from anything uh, spectacular. So, yeah. You know, we just need we just need a bit of luck for this time, and hopefully it can go our way.
2: Yeah, like Kieran was saying there, Craig, I mean, I, I I was watching at very close quarters those those three quick fire corner kicks for the for the Czechs, and and very uh, aware of the fact that and the stats the stats told me that seven of their thirteen goals in qualification had come from set pieces. Scotland seemed to have handled it. But it, but it was the aftermath of the third corner. How do you unpick that goal uh, and how critical are you of, of Scotland? Because it, it was a wonderful header, there's no doubt about it, but, but
4: how, what about Scotland uh, at that moment? I always think you can dissect goals defensively and try and pick holes in it and, and see what could have been done better. You know, it's a second phase from set play and that sometimes is the most dangerous part because the ball gets cleared out and people switch off and they don't, you know... You know, stay engaged with their man they, they, they kind of leave and I think that's what happened I think Hanley was picking up Schick wasn't he so the ball goes out it goes in and it's a second phase cross coming in but at that stage everyone has stepped two or three yards off the Czech Republic player so by the time the cross comes in he's got a run on them he ends up on top of them and I just think when the ball goes back you've got to try and get yourself to the edge of the box, edge of the box. get hold of your man don't let him go if the cross comes in then you have to challenge him so there's two things, either stop the cross or you have to defend the cross. I and mean, when you play at the top end of international football, if you don't do either of those, then you're going to be in trouble. Let's not take away from the header, though. The header was fantastic, but I just think one of the Scotland players should have engaged with Sheikh and said, you're not going anywhere, I'm going to stand close with you and allow someone else to you know, pick up the space effectively. So I think that's the bit that will disappoint Steve Clark. It's something they should have probably defended better.
1: Kieran, here's Stevie Clark talking about goal number two. David's fine, experienced player. Knows the game, probably faced that type of shot. He's, I think he said something about 50 times in his career and that's, that's the only time it's gone on. It happens. I don't understand the criticism of David. It was a shot for Jack Henry at the edge of the box. Three seconds later, the ball's in the back of one net. The block shot could go anywhere. It felt perfect for him to run on and hit. It's one of these things.
2: Yeah, he's okay today," says Davy Clark. David Marshall. He will be. He's experienced. He's thirty-six. Um, a lot of water has flown under the bridge for him. He's not going to be too phased by it. What did you think when you saw that goal going in the second goal yesterday?
6: Well, Listen, it's a spectacular sputac- strike. I think you know, nineteen out of ten, nobody's hit it with that accuracy. In fairness to the keeper, but you know, if we're going to, you know I, if we're going to be honest about it, is he is a bit. Like, I would say, I know keepers in, in the modern day push up a lot, but to be that far up when the defence is over the halfway line is a bit questionable. But to me, the main, the main, the main point is Zach Henry's shooting from there is just, the shot was not on, and it seemed like he was, he was a bit overconfident from the shot at the bar a minute or two before that. And it just, you know, it's one of those things where 19 out of 10, that doesn't happen, but the guy hits it right on the money. Uh, the ball didn't even bounce off, bounce on the ground to go over. It just goes right into the top corner. So there's not much you could be too critical of other than the fact that it was a couple of bad decisions made from Jack Henry and maybe the keeper was too far off his lane
2: Social media, of course, has gone into overdrive uh, the minute that that picture appeared of David Marshall snarled up in the in the back of the nets. There was <laughs> Spider- a <laughs> Spider Man was superimposed in the,
4: in the picture. What was the other one you saw? What was the other one you saw, Craig? There was a fishing net. The fishing net. Getting coming out of the water. Yeah. So yeah. I mean that. Unfortunately, there's a you know a humorous side to it. David Marshall won't say the humorous no. side to it. Um, but Dave and I were speaking earlier about Jack Henry. I think people have been a little bit harsh on him. You know, he's had the shot yeah. from you know he doesn't think when he's shooting from there that within three seconds there's gonna be a goal at the other yep. end. You know, yes, he could have played the ball wide. And he and he just and he just,
2: and he just clipped the crossbar with a shot. So, it, so you kind had, of, you knew what was happening inside yeah. his head at that yeah. point.
4: I think the bigger picture for me was that when he stepped into the game, Scotland were so open. It was fifty-two minutes gone in the game. Mm. And if even if he gets caught in possession or falls over the ball, they're so wide open that one ball was going to cut them in two. And that's where then you, you know, you're looking at your experienced players and thinking, if someone goes into or one of your centre-half step in, everyone has to narrow up. If the ball breaks free, then there's people around the ball. But it's as if everybody was ball-watching and watching what was going on. So I think that's the bigger concern for me, is how open they were yeah. so early in the game. Because under Steve Clark, he's always about being compact and condensed you know, and, and closing the space and being hard to play against. And they were so exposed so easily.
2: Stevie Clark's point is that there's something freakish about the goal, isn't there? The the fact that, it, the, the, fact him, yeah. that the, the fact that the bounce of the ball takes it puts it right yeah. in front of Sheikh on his left foot.
3: Doesn't have half, to break stride. He doesn't it's have to. And he doesn't to, have to think about to it either. The ball yeah. fell for him like that. David Marshall is too high. Let's let's be honest about that. He's he's further up the pitch than he should be for me. But it's a fabulous piece of technique but certainly a freakish element in terms of the way the shot from Jack Henry fell for for Sheik so perfectly first goal I think is is different it's far more preventable Um, we're defending the second cross on top of our goalkeeper Sheik's seven yards out when he gets his head on it Uh, and for me and Stephen will know better when you you get your clearing header when you win the first ball from a corner and Grant Hanley did that for, for me you clear your six yard box you can't get out quickly enough We've got Davy
2: Proven, we've got Stephen Craig and we've got Kieran and we've got Victor in Easterhouse as well. Hi, Victor.
7: Hi there, how you doing?
2: Uh, well, been better, probably like yourself.
7: <laughs> uh, you know, even before the game started yesterday, I was so annoyed that Steven, Stevie Clark didn't he put in uh, Nathan Patterson at the back with pace. You know, he, he could have had Andy Robertson at the other side, which he did give us a, mm. a lot of outlook balls you know and he could add Billy Gilmer in the middle you know with Tominey I mean they complained you know that uh, the and Villa boy get, get man mark but you know they're three in the middle you know they wouldn't have been able to cope with us
2: or even Callum McGregor as well just somebody alongside yes. Scott Scott McTominay
3: but we're reluctant yeah. Rob but we're reluctant to take a chance I watched Spain last night and the, the, the boy Pedri mm-hmm. 18 years of age yeah. playing for Spain yeah now I'm not Compare Nathan Patterson and Billy Gilmer to Pedro. He's, I think he's played 37 games for Barcelona this season. But we're reluctant to throw them in. Oh. And I, I think Billy Gilmer should play at Wembley. I think he would love the challenge of going in against his teammate Mason, uh, Mason Mount, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden. I think he would love that. Yeah. Patterson as well. I mean, I don't think we've anything to lose now. See if we go there and sit in and lose 1-0. That's no,
7: pointless, is isn't it? It's
3: pointless. Go, go and try and give them a few problems.
7: So, I mean... Nathan Patterson, you know, I mean, they're, they're saying he was inexperienced, but the, the O'Donnell boy, I mean, what kind of experience has he got? A uh, European, uh, you know, play. I mean, the the boys. I think he, he's,
2: he's a good. He got off to a bad start, know, Victor, didn't he? The ball slipped under his boot early on. He bumped, he bumped it, into Ryan German Christie, in, I mean, and
7: yeah, well, Ryan Christie's flying in, and he bumps him off the ball. You know, I mean, OK, that, that can happen in football, but, I mean, the, the Nathan Patterson boy would have been up and down that wing all day, you know, and I just felt as if, you know, he, he missed the opportunity to, and he could have even brought the, the boy on, uh, the Adam boy in, yeah. in there, you know, I, to help up front.
2: I think, I think Victor, if you gave Stevie Clark yesterday all over again with the benefit of hindsight, uh, you know, we can talk all we like about Billy Gilmore, Nathan Patterson, I think Che Adams... Is he the one that, that would be the obvious thing that you would do differently if you had your chance over again? You, you would start with Che Adams, who's an English Premier League striker.
7: Well, at the, at the end of the day, you know, we're beat now, you know, so he, he's, he's missed it. You know, it, we would have beat that team with, with the guys in the team with pace. You know, I just felt as if, you know, Andy Robertson was going up the, the left-hand side and he was destroying them up that yeah. side you yeah, know, was... and if you had Nathan Patterson at the other side, you know, you, you, all of a sudden you've got a chance.
2: But see, so, you, so you'd be it, starting, you'd be starting Patterson and Gilmore at Wembley Friday.
7: Oh no, bro! I and you would uh, Tierney as well. You know, because Robertson could move up into the middle as well and, yeah. get, and give them a, a chance there. You know, I mean, our fancy us if they, if he plays them,
2: yeah.
7: we've got no chance if we're doing.
2: And, and Tierney obviously if he's fit is a stick-on uh, to play that's a certainty and the fact he's back in training today uh, I guess Craig's were well working on the basis that that, yeah. that that is a happening thing Tierney is back in the team
7: Yeah if he's, uh, mean, he's, if he's, he's training today yeah. You know I mean we've got world-class players here and we didn't play
4: them I think
2: what I, mean, I like about the young
7: players is
4: wild. I think the young players are fearless. Mean, I mean, fearless you know they'll take yeah. the ball yeah, of they and they want to make things happen forever Yeah they will I agree with you
7: I mean O'Donnell O'Donnell was knackered at half-time I mean, I I really I watched him, you know, and I just was so annoyed, you know, that he brings in the Nathan Patterson boy in and he, he told everybody everybody had a chance of a game and he reverted back to his old team, you know, and half of them well, I just feel as if, you know, he had world class players sitting there. I don't know what I don't know what Billy Gilmore was thinking about when he brought on McGregor and Fraser in front of him. Yeah. So- I mean, he must have been sitting there saying, God almighty, what am I doing?
2: Or words to that effect, Victor. Yeah. Uh, what What do you, What are you thinking? What's your scoreline for Friday?
7: If he plays them, um, we'll give them a game. You know, if he doesn't, we'll get cubbed.
2: <laughs> Good man. Good to hear you, Victor. Thanks for coming on the show. And, Kieran, what about you? What What are you thinking, Friday? I think that um, well, we will
6: give them a game, and I reckon we'll win the game to one um, Now, cause based on what he was saying as well. I feel like O'Donnell's biggest criticism for me is that throughout the half we just had nothing on the right-hand side going forward, um, which was the biggest issue. And Czech Republic was a game that you thought, you know, we can go out there and we can attack this team. Uh, so you've seen that before this game on, first few minutes, he's done past two players. He created two really good chances in the first, uh, second half. So I would probably give the nod to Forrest, to be honest, because I think that the players yeah. will go, he'll go with the experienced players. Uh, passing and Gilmore are very talented players, and we've got a lot of promise. But I would say that they haven't played a lot of football, you know. So yeah. I think he will, he, he will go with the guys that he's been that have gotten there, and Forrest will start and yeah. we'll go in the same. But so, so like we said before as well, Shea Adams, uh, he made such a big impact to have it. I feel like that was his biggest mistake for sure. Um, I would have played him ahead of rights based on how the game went. But is he saying that after the game? Yeah. Though,
2: Kieran, it's good listening to you as ever good to have you on the show and uh, hope things go as you say they will on Friday look after yourself, all the best Thank you That's Kieran uh, giving us the benefit of his thoughts as well looking ahead to Friday well we've just seen something very unusual on the screen in the studio Cristiano Ronaldo missing an absolute
3: sitter Davey from just a few yards out Yeah, six yards out right in the middle of the the, the goal mouse a really good ball and loads of pace on it all he's got to do is take a little bit of pace off it Put it on the target, and he scores. And somehow, he scooped it over the bar.
2: That match is a minute away from half time. Hungary nil, Portugal nil, in front of sixty thousand in Budapest. And uh, we're looking ahead, of course, to Wembley Friday, England Scotland.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
2: We're in a major cheer ourselves up offensive. Um, how's it going so far? Well, not too badly. It's a bit like a mutual sort of therapy session, isn't it? Uh, your calls, which have been great so far, um, and us trying to come to terms with what happened at Hamden yesterday. And very quickly, uh, readjusting and uh, looking ahead to Friday. Can Scotland be competitive against England? Can we be a whole lot better than we were yesterday? Can our big players deliver? uh and like uh, what happened yesterday, will Kieran Tierney be back? Well, he's back in training today, just light training. He has a chance, says uh, Stevie Clark. Let's hope it's a big chance. Let's hope he's back in that team. It's Rob McLean, it's Stephen Craig and it's Davey Proven. Uh, the Tuesday edition of the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. And we've John with us in East co Hi, John.
8: Hi guys, how are you doing? All
2: right? Yeah, not bad at all. Are you uh, recovering? Are you? Have you got your optimism back ahead of Friday, John?
8: I, do you know what? It's, uh, it's Scotland all over. You know, you <laughs> get yourself all excited, and it just goes doesn't go as planned, But uh, but against England, but you know, it just you, you can't even not get yourself excited. You know.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think Stevie Clark was asked that question today, actually, about you know, did the players get a little bit? Uh, Overexcited because of all the optimism going in. Here's what he said, Stevie Clark.
1: I don't think that. I don't think that had any bearing on the way we approached the game. Uh, everybody outside can get carried away a little bit if they want. We've been level-headed all the way through. We try not to get too high when things are going well. We try not to get too low when things are a little bit negative. Uh, and we just prepare for the games the way we always pre- prepare for the games. So uh, and that's what we'll do again. Am I right then, saying, John, that uh, you went to school with Andy
2: Robertson?
8: Uh, I did. Uh, I went to school. Um, St. Ian's and Giffenock I sat in two classes uh, namely higher physics and maths and I've also played football with Andy when he was younger Uh, How was he at physics? I I know (laughs) (laughs) I I could have a few stories he was uh, a do you know what he was was brand new Uh, he would be uh, the kind of cheeky chappy is what they call him but um, yeah he would be uh, Mr. Popular and a yeah, teachers teachers liked him and teachers uh, enjoyed his popularity. Uh, sometimes I, sometimes no, but he's, uh, he's a character for sure. He
2: and he was fantastic first half yesterday, wasn't he? He was running riot down that left side.
8: Unbelievable. Uh, Do you know, it reminded me of a time when I eleven a side with him. You guys, the the old Ash blaze pitches you've mm. all played on them. And uh, actually, the names I remember running towards was at the halfway line, running towards the byline. Andy took the ball off and I didn't even realise I got tackled and he ran all the way to the corner flag and got a cross in and I thought wow he's got some pace that that point <laughs> and uh, and uh, you know I, I, yesterday it was brilliant it just wasn't you know he was it was serving dykes and it just wasn't um, it just wasn't to be that we, we could finish it but another day you know if two of them go in you know we're turning all up against the Czechs and it's a different story
2: it's an incredible story, isn't it, Davy? The Andy Robertson story about where he's come from yeah. um, and the fact that there he was leading Scotland out uh, at the Euros at Hampden, where he used to be answering the phones yeah. when he
3: was when he was playing for Queens Park. It's astonishing, and I think it makes his humility all the more remarkable. You know, given that he's a Champions League winner now, you would never know it. And you know, even the gift boxes that he provided yeah. for his teammates—just little things like that. Um, by all accounts, he, he welcomes all the newcomers into the squad, puts his arm around them. Just a proper human being, I think.
2: He's an inspirational figure, isn't he? Um, and he could have fired Scotland in front yesterday. John, it was some chance, wasn't it? And maybe now he's wishing he'd just put the laces through it.
8: <laughs> Unbelievable. I, he's, uh, he, do you know what? He, he probably practised those um, shots day in, day out and probably sticks them in the top corner. But, um, yeah, I think I think it was just maybe a bit of a taste of
0: the problem.
8: But every player has those, every player has those, um, you know, missed opportunities. And to be honest, it's um, it's no big deal. I mean, to be honest, if we, if we if we score one of them or if we score, you know, another chance, you know, Lyndon Dykes in the second half, it's a completely different yeah. game. Uh, and I think it just took a wee bit of, you know, as Andy Robertson kind of showed in the first half, a little bit of calmness, you know, a bit of composure. Mm. Um, slowing the game down a little bit and I think that's what we probably need going into Friday's game um, you know especially in front of goal
2: Davy, was it against Cyprus we were thinking pre-show uh, you would have been yeah. doing, doing the commentary on that yeah. I would imagine when he planted one in the, in the top corner and, and I guess we were just wishing he'd struck it like that yeah, one yeah
3: because the, the ball from Ryan Christie is just weighted perfectly he can allow it across his body and I'm expecting him to put the top of his foot right through anything on target full power he's got a great chance and I was surprised he went with the inside of his foot I don't think you'd have, you would have found too many strikers who, who would have gone with the inside of the foot in that situation. I think most of them would have put their, the top of their foot right through it.
2: These are big moments, craigs aren't mm. they, in, in the game? Had Scotland gone in front at that stage, who knows how it would have panned out from there?
3: Listen,
4: we've been speaking about it for the past four or five weeks coming into these games, that when you play against you know, competitive good sides in international football, it boils down to big moments. And who can deliver, who can take that chance, who can make that pass? And Scotland had their moments and they didn't take them. Czech Republic had their moments and they took them. And that's the difference. And, you know, there's not a lot of room for error in international football. And if you give the opposition a little sniff or you give them a, a goal start or you can see the goal, it's difficult to go chasing the game I down. I don't think Scotland are a. A great side at chasing the game down because they're, you know, they want to be organised, they want to be compact, they want to be hard to play against. Suddenly, then, if they have to open up and go and chase the game, they can get exposed a little bit at the back. So, naturally, Steve had to try and change things. He had to try and change it up. But, you know, all this spirit and togetherness and camaraderie that Declan Gallagher spoke about last mm. week when he was on the, you know, that kind of club mentality. They're going to need every single ounce of it between now and Friday just to pick people up because people get disappointed when they lose games. But, you know, they have to get over it quickly. They've got to try and focus on it. And then when that big moment arrives on Friday night, they have to be ready to take it.
2: John, what would you do with the team for Friday?
8: The first thing I would do is start Shea Adams uh, yeah. up front. No question, no doubt. The second half looked, you know, he looked as if he was getting the ball a lot more up front. Um I'd also replace, you know, perhaps replace Stephen O'Donnell with Nathan Patterson. Um and that'll give us a little bit of edge down the right hand side. You know, Stephen O'Donnell, given that Um, You know, it was the first game of the European Championships. I don't think he had the finest of games, but um, at the same time, you know, I I still think we should just go for it on on Friday night because, again, we're we're there to impress. um, And I certainly think bringing in Nathan Patterson, bringing in Shea Adams, um, and even perhaps, you know, somehow maybe getting Forrest on maybe a a little bit quicker into the game, you know, earlier on. And I think that will certainly make a difference because you see the chance that he had in the second half. And you think, wow, well, if he could get a couple more of those, yeah, we'd be laughing.
2: Yeah, maybe Davy had he, had he had a few more games under his belt yeah. at Celtic, uh,
3: James Forrest tucks that away. I, I think that was in Steve Clark's thinking. Maybe not starting him because he was short of game time. But I mean, slowly he is getting up to speed, and he's certainly worth you know considering um, for the England game. What I would say, Rob, is that England are a step up in class from the Czech Republic and yeah. Scotland. Scotland are gonna have to be at their very best to have any chance of getting anything. This is a good England side, good individual players. And in Harry Kane, I think they've got one of the top three, top five strikers in the world. Yeah, Phil Foden.
2: Phil Foden frightens me as well. More of that in the in the second hour. John, thanks for calling. Good to have you on the show. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All the best. All the best to you as well. We're back at the Radisson Red this Friday, building up to that England-Scotland game. Live at Wembley, Mark Guidi, former Scotland captain Paul Lambert, Livingston assistant manager Marvin Barley, all there, bringing all the excitement. And you could be there too. All you have to do is text the word ROB-R-O-B to 87474. You must be 18 or over. Lines close at 6.30pm. Full terms and conditions can be found now at thisisgo.co.uk. So text ROB to 87474 now. And we could be picking you to join the guys watching this huge match at one of the most iconic venues in Glasgow, the Radisson Red. Good luck. News at six on the way. Amazingly, we've clocked up an hour already.
0: Another one to catch. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. We saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
2: Um... Let's hope it does take care of itself on the back of 2-0 Czech Republic at Hamden yesterday. It was a disappointing start and it had all... Been set up so nicely. Scotland's first major finals in 23 years. Um, Davy, I was lucky enough to be there yesterday, and what a noise that uh, yeah. that crowd! It was it was south of 10,000. Uh, but when the Scotland players first appeared down the tunnel to do their warm ups, what a noise! It, it was
3: like an old fashioned Hamden roar. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely terrific to see it. Rob, I mean, the sooner we get back to the proper crowds. Um, the, the, the better. The game has suffered so much and we're sitting watching here a game where we're broadcasting taking place in, in, in Hungary with 60,000 and it is a sight for sore eyes. It's wonderful to see. It's a wonderful game of
2: football as well. Uh, Portugal star-studded but they're being held so far not helped by missing a sitter. Ronaldo uh, certainly the only clip of the game that I managed to see in that first half was, was him putting it over from just a, a few yards out but uh, it does look like old school football at with a with a big crowd and no masks yeah
4: it's brilliant you know that's that's the way we want to get to that's where we want to get to as quick as possible you know our new league season is just around the corner also as well as the as well as the League Cup Rob so we want to try and get fans back into games we want to get the atmosphere we want to get the intensity in games I think the intensity suffered in some games you know, having that drive from supporters, and I think that's the frustrating thing from last night from Scotland's perspective—that they couldn't really get that, you know, fan base behind them. But you know, a goal at any stage, suddenly everything goes up. Everything really pushes towards getting an equaliser, especially at two-nil. But they couldn't manage to get it, so they're going to have to try and do it on Friday night.
2: Yeah, and because we were all built up for it, we've been talking about it for so long. Uh, the atmosphere was so good that there, there's no doubt today, David, that there is a kind of a flattening feeling, oh, isn't yeah. there, about how it all played out? Uh,
3: absolutely, and you know, I've, I've got to say I was guilty of getting caught up in the hype as well. Rob I really felt good about this team. Mm. Um, we should know better, shouldn't we? <laughs> we, 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 we certainly, I've been around. You've been around long enough to to know better. But it's just a horrible feeling, you know, when it's such a feeling of anticlimax, and it now leaves us desperately needing something at Wembley. We've got to hope Croatia beat the Czech Republic in their game and hope we can take something from Wembley.
1: What about the players? Here's Stevie Clark. Listen, they're professional footballers, they understand the highs and the lows of the game. You have to get used to bouncing back from the lows, and we'll do that. We said before we need to get the points required to get out of the group. We've still got a chance to do that. I think rather than all the doom and gloom that that followed the the result, the performance, the result, be put away, put to one side and we just concentrate on the next game. Keep
2: your calls coming. 0808 08, 17 17 700 of some great calls so far in the first hour of the show as we look ahead to Wembley on Friday. 0808 08, 17 17 700. wonder how many changes there are going to be in that Scotland team, Craigs. I'm posing that question to you at a very bad time
4: because you were just taking on some fluids yeah. there. <laughs> You've always got to stay hydrated, Rob. You yes, never know when you need it. Indeed. You never know when you're called upon. Changes in the team Well, certainly... You know, the 3-5-2 seems to be a the 3-4, the three five one one is no doubt his, his preferred formation. It depends how Steve Clark looks at the game. Does he think, let's get through the first spell. You know, England will know if they win against Scotland, Scotland are out. So they will want to put them to the sword as quick as possible. They won't want the game getting deep into the second half and then maybe the possibility of losing a goal or losing the game. So I would imagine England will try and take the game away from Scotland as quick as they possibly can. So Steve Clark will be aware of that. So does he pick a team that, you know, kind of, controls that element early on to get through that stage and then try and build into the game as you go I don't imagine he's going to be gung-ho and play a real attacking lineup and, and, and put young players in and, and lots of pace and you know potentially get exposed because if they go behind at Wembley it's a long way back because that suits England the Scotland have to open up even more then I would imagine Grealish will play the pace of Rashford Harry Kane Foden you know, Sancho wasn't even a sub the other day so you know the rare talent they have Steve Clarke has to first of all find a way of playing against them and then convince the players that it'll work, and the players then have to go into the pitch and carry it out. So, so many things have to fall into place. Um, it's a huge one. This is not the ideal game to have to go and op- uh, open up and win, because England are good, but ultimately, you know responsibility has to push over to the players.
2: I'm getting a feel um, from you guys about how you see your line-up for Scotland on Friday we'll maybe get that nailed down uh, before we hit 7 o'clock wonder Davey if there's going to be a change of goalkeeper there's been a, a lot of knee-jerk reaction I think to the second goal yesterday uh, David Marshall has taken a heap of stick I mean it's incredible isn't it how yeah. you can go from hero to zero but he made uh, a lot very, of good saves earlier in yeah, the game he well, didn't, did. he, didn't he, you know, he and did. I, I
3: think he's become the fall guy to a certain extent he was too high no question about that but uh, his general performance, I thought, was was very good. And, and it, I'd, I'd be really sore on him if, if he was to be dropped now in the back of that.
2: And if Stevie Clark was to change the goalkeeper, uh, he might feel that it would look as if public yeah. pressure was forcing yeah. him into a change. And that might
3: uh, bring out the stubbornness in Stevie Clark. And, and, and there is a fair bit of stubbornness <laughs> in Stevie Clark, <laughs> as, we, as we all know. And that, that'll be the big test, I think, for, for Stevie Clark, who is Mr. Cautious. Um, is is he prepared to be really bold for the England game, or is he going to be think thinking about the possibility of reputational damage if Scotland went down there and got a doing? Uh, managers are always very conscious of of their own image and mm. the record, um, and it's a huge call for him, you know, whether to take the handbrake right off and really go after England, um, or 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 do the rope a dope trick that we that we've been mm. doing for so many years, sit in and try and steal it. Yeah,
2: is there any point Crags in going for containment uh, well, against a multi-talented English team, but, but ultimately Scotland really have to be looking to get something out of that game.
4: Well, I think there'll be an element of containment early on. I said just because I think England will know that they can go and get after Scotland, they'll be a little bit fragile. And I think it's probably the perfect result for England, Scotland losing last night because it may have to draw them out a little bit more and they may have to, you know, take a few more risks and play, you know, a few more attacking players or have more emphasis and commit men into the box. Because if Scotland had won last night, they could have went and sat in the age of the 18-yard box on Friday night, and that would have frustrated the life out of England. So it it changes the whole dynamic. But you know, on Davy's point there, you know, reputational damage, it would make you think then, Davy, that it would be a risk putting in two kids who have never played a senior
3: international game or started a a competitive one anyway, wouldn't it? Would be a huge risk, and uh, I I don't think it's in Steve Clark's nature, if you like, um, to 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 take risks. I, I just feel our back is right up against the wall here and certainly from a personal point of view you know if Scotland go down there and lose 3-4-0 having a goal I, I could live with that mm-hmm. but not go down and, and go out with a whimper lose 1-0 or 2-0 no. you know you know with five across midfield and one striker go, go and allow, allow the boys off off the leash we've got a lot of good players
1: let's have a listen to him and, and try and gauge what he's thinking we plan to go out and be competitive in every game we try to play as well as we can and then we see what the result is no, listen, we, we go there, we, we, we respect their ability, they're a top team. They were in the, the last four of the last World Cup. Gareth's done a great job. Got a good young team, exciting. They got off to a good start, we didn't, so we need to remedy that on Friday.
2: It might work for us in, in all sorts of ways on the back of what happened yesterday because we certainly don't have any swagger about us. We've got no reason for that going to Wembley now on the back of the result yesterday. Um, and England will probably be even more confident than they were against Scotland because of, of that yesterday as well.
4: Yeah, listen, there's no doubt that it's give certainly give England a lift but it, I think it makes the game not slightly easier for them but they know now what Scotland have to do, Rob. You know, it'll not be backs to the wall. They won't have to play against a, a, a back 10. They will have to put players in the pitch who will go forward. So that could leave spaces for the likes of Rashid replays. I spoke about it in, in Greeley. They've got match winners in their team. Yeah. You know, but Scotland are at their best sometimes when it's a siege mentality. You know, everyone's against this. We'll use the negativity. We'll try and get the best out of our players. And it was interesting, Steve Clark said earlier that, you know, he didn't feel as if the occasion, you know, bothered some of his players. But maybe 20 minutes in last night, I, you might have watched it, but when Andy Robertson was telling players, settle down. Relax, you know. Yeah. So some of the players were a bit tense and mm-hmm. a little bit edgy. Mm-hmm. And if you're edgy at home in front of twelve thousand fans or ten thousand fans at Hampden, you're going to go to Wembley in front of twenty-five thousand against, as Davey said, a, a step up in class. Then if there were a few players with nerves and jitters, and Steve Clark was aware of it, he's going to have to make sure he picks the right team or the right selection because he's he's going to have to pick a team that gives Scotland the chance of getting up the pitch. You know, you're going to have to have pace and you're going to have ball carriers. Davey spoke about earlier. You're going to have to go with two strikers. You're going to have to have people in the team who can go forward. And maybe not come back as much That's going to have to happen The game's going to have to be a bit more open I think than what he would have liked So ultimately then he's got to make sure He gets the the team selection spot on
2: Any clues in what the gaffer said today?
4: I want to be fair to
1: the 26 players that are in the group And that's always to try and pick the team That I think can win the game So that's what we'll do We'll get them all back on the training pitch tomorrow And we'll see how they are We'll look at any knocks and niggles that we've got And then we'll, we'll decide how we go for the next game
2: yeah, he'll look at all the knocks and the niggles and all the rest of it but I would think, Davey, off the back of that game yesterday, he will know what his team is going to be already once he's for Friday.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I, I would I would go for cautious, Steve, all over again. Yeah. Because I think he's boxed in now. I think because we haven't won the first game, we're now in a situation that Stephen mentioned earlier on. You know, th- this is a game where ideally we'd go down there, down there and, and play defensively and, and try and play on the counter-attack but we've lost the first game. For me now... It's win or bust, or certainly get something or bust, and to do that, we have to get after England. Um, there's, there's no point in sitting in, it's a huge decision for Steve Clark, and it would go against everything we know about Steve Clark to play Gilmore, to play Patterson. Yeah, it'd be very interesting to see what he comes up with. But it probably takes us back to last week, Davey, when you said you're the team you would pick, but
4: you probably know the team Steve Clark yeah. will pick. Yeah. It's probably the same thing again, isn't yeah. it? So, what is
3: the team that Steve Clark will pick, Davey? I think Stephen O'Donnell will probably play and I, and I think it might be down to obstinacy from the manager as much as anything else similar to the Marshall, Marshall situation, where yeah. Stephen O'Donnell's been criticised yeah. and, and Steve Clark, very loyal to his players mm-hmm. might say no, no, I'm not, I'm not having that I'm not going to be pressured into making a change
2: and it would be unusual for Stephen O'Donnell to have two bad games in a row yeah, to be honest, it, wouldn't it? it
3: listen, uh, I, I've got to be honest I think Stephen O'Donnell is a little bit short at international level I think he's, he's done brilliantly for us right back has been a problem position for us but I think given the emergence and the impact that young pa- Patterson has made, uh, and I mentioned the, the you know, the boy Pedri who played for Spain last night, oh. Nathan Patterson's a year older than him. Yeah. And I, I don't understand why we're so reluctant to, to put youngsters in when, to all intents and purposes, I think Patterson looks an upgrade at right back. I just wonder though that if Patterson plays, is it a concern of Steve Clark, who plays beside him?
4: Who plays at right centre half? Because if he's going to be marauding and getting themselves forward the right centre half is going to have to end up as a fullback at times and defend as a full back and you're going to have Rashford coming off that side Correct. his pace or, or, or Grealish possibly yeah. you know yeah. so you're suddenly thinking do you want a centre half 1v1 on the touchline against a Rashford you know who would that be Hanley you know Hanley's quicker than what people give him mm. credit for so maybe he would have to be out there Declan Gallagher certainly wouldn't want to go out there I think that's all Jack Henry possibly there was a you great know, track back
2: from Hanley in the game yesterday when he when yeah. he was uh, when he got he showed real pace didn't he maybe surprising me. pace.
3: He doesn't look the most athletic, does he, Grant no. Let's no. be honest. But uh, he, he, he had to shift there, and it was very interesting to to see the recovery pace he had.
2: He was maybe one of Scotland's yeah. better players
3: yesterday. Yeah. That's how I thought he, he was. was fine.
4: fine. I think the back three done okay. You know, but the problem was, is they did so much of the ball that they then needed a second part of their game off chipping the ball into the centre-forward's feed or finding that pass into to Ryan Christie or getting the ball down the channel, it was a distribution from that area forward and that's where Kieran Tierney brings that different dimension because he just runs, he gets his head down and drives into the game, he commits people, he takes them on because he's naturally a fullback. I think he's quite happy ball-carrying, so once he starts to ball-carry, the game opens up, there's options for him, so when, when that wasn't there or that option wasn't there, the three guys, I mean, I would imagine the majority of their passes went to each other or David Marshall or in a five-yard ball inside to... So yeah, Scott McTominay who came back to them. So it was that link-up play. It was okay having possession, but it was getting from the the defensive third to the front third with a little bit of quality and, and something the centre forwards could play with. So defensively they were fine. I thought they were compact apart from the second goal. But certainly Hanley was good. You know, I think he surprised mm. a few people.
2: We're all obsessed, of course, with the the starting lineup both yesterday and for Friday. But Stevie Clark today stressing
1: it's all about the squad. Use 16 players in the. The game against the Czech Republic, and I'll probably use 16 players again. Tournament football, you've got to make sure that everyone's fit. You've got to make sure that your team's always got plenty of energy on the pitch. And I think we showed that on Monday against the Czechs, and we'll show that again on Friday.
2: I take his point entirely about using the bench. That can have a big impact on a game, obviously. But starting lineup is so important as well, isn't it? Setting yeah. the tone right from the start, and and you know. The the fact that Che Adams wasn't in that starting lineup yesterday was a massive decision, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, and it was the wrong decision. Yeah. But Let, let's be honest about it. It was it was the wrong decision. I said last week that there were four certain starters. Tierney, and he would have played had he been fit. Oh. McTominay, McGinn, and Adams. They for they for me were certain starters. And Robertson. And, and, Robertson, and Robertson. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. But, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and and the rest the, the rest of it were Difficult decisions all over the the rest of the pitch for for Steve Clark, but I, I I was stunned to to see the team and Adams wasn't playing.
2: One of the reasons to be cheerful, Craggs, he said, trying to be cheerful. You're digging deep. I know exactly. <laughs> is that there's a whole lot more to come from some of our biggest players, Scott McTominay. I mean, was he forty percent of his best yesterday? Fifty yeah. percent? Well, you know, John John McGinn as well, who who's been talismanic for Scotland. Yeah. Um, he was well
4: within what, what he can do. So, I mean, there's a lot to come, isn't there? There is. Plus, those guys play in England. Some of their teammates play for England. So they'll be thinking, right, this is right up our street. We can really... They'll probably disrespect... They might get more space. You know, Czech Republic, I think, done a job and John McGinn, compacted the midfield, made it hard for them, didn't. Give them any lines or gaps to pass through. England are probably a little bit more open. So McGinn can get at them against Declan Rice. I think, you know, you can just imagine suddenly the mindset changes because they're the underdogs now. They're not the team having to go and chase the game and dictate the game. They can, you know, play under the radar a little bit and then show their energies. McTominay will want to show them what he can do. Uh, McGinn will want to do. I would imagine that Callum McGregor will come into the side. You know, I just think bringing him on later on, probably they lack that little player. or a player that could bring a little bit more cohesion so yes there's more to come You don't see Gilmore starting do you Steve? No I don't Yeah, I don't I, I, I think Callum McGregor would be his go to man before Billy Gilmore yeah, would I think you're right You know whether that's just a trust thing or that Billy hasn't played enough or he hasn't saw enough of him I, I don't know but I would imagine he would go with there but then you consider that Rob 19 attempts on target you know for a team that particularly 19
2: shots at goal. Sh- sh- four, for shots four, goal 4 on target you know, for, yeah.
4: for a team that you know we're saying weren't at their best mm. they have 19 attempts In international football against the good Czech side is a lot, so they won't get 19 on Friday. But it shows you even when they're not at their best, they can create chances. I think that's a frustrating thing. They weren't at the best. They created chances. And if they'd played a little bit better, they could have won the game.
2: And depending how you look at that stat, I suppose uh, 19 shots at goal and no goals, Davey, can be either encouraging or discouraging.
3: I'm not a stats man, Rob. I think you can make (laughs) stats into anything you want. And I heard Steve there talk about possession stats. Possession means nothing. Particularly when the ball's going sideways along your back three, continually back and forward, with no penetrative pass through their midfield. You know, eventually it was lumped up to Dykes, who was isolated... And that's why I think we've got to play with two up. Occupy England's, you know, centre backs, make it easier for them more difficult for them to bring the ball out for the back. If you play one up, it's easier for them, John Stones, to step out with the ball or Dyer or whoever. Put put their two centre backs under pressure. Heading
2: for midway through the second half in Budapest, 60,000 watching. It really is an incredible sight to see all those fans inside the stadium. Uh, a fair old game on the go, but still no goals. Uh, Euro 2020, France-Germany, of course, later. Eight o'clock start for that one. Uh, and then and the game, which is currently underway, Hungary, Hungary nil. Portugal nil on the Go Radio Football Show. We are talking Scotland looking back on yesterday. 2-0 for the Czech Republic. Looking ahead to Friday. The
1: Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5.
2: And we're trying to pick Stevie Clark's team for him. Uh, I'm sure he's not listening, but uh, we will do it anyway. Friday, Wembley. Against England on the back of that real disappointment yesterday, all started so well in terms of fans inside Hampden, Scotland back in the major finals, first time in 23 years, but it went downhill, didn't it? Shortly before halftime and shortly after the interval, as well, those two goals from Patrick Sheik and Scotland off to a losing start at Euro 2020. Go Radio Football Show, Glasgow Zone. Uh, Rob McLean here with Davy Provan. And Stephen Craig and lots of your great calls as well, lots of your feedback on what happened yesterday, and lots of your advice to the national team manager about what he should do on Friday. I'm joined now by Craig and Cumbernauld. Hi, Craig. Hi,
9: James.
2: How are we doing? That's Rob actually, but you can call me James. You can call me anything you like.
9: No, no, no. I said I, I, I... My
2: apologies, Rob. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll answer to just about Um, anything. Don't worry about it. I'm wondering if uh, you're on to cheer us up or if we need to cheer you up.
9: Eh, Well, I don't know about that. Um, I do the level best, I suppose. No, listen, yesterday was obviously hugely disappointing. Uh, I think for me, it, it, it showed in microcosm the concerns that were raised after the Luxembourg game. Because in the Luxembourg game, we were playing 10 men we were peppering that goal with chances, and we we only took one of them. We failed to go and and go and score, the, you know, two or three goals like we should have. Um, and when you're playing in a tournament, you can't. There isn't another team in this competition who are going to have 19 efforts and 60% possession and fail to put the ball in the back of the net because it's not just half chances. You know, Lyndon Dykes. I was screaming at my television saying, "How many chances does Lyndon Dykes need to score?" And I don't like being overly critical of him because he he does have good qualities and there's a reason he's in the squad. But to me personally, I don't see Lyndon Dykes as as a goal scorer. I don't see him as the guy that's going to get, you know, 10, 15 goals um, over the course of 20, 30 caps for Scotland. It's It's a great save though, Craig, wasn't it? Well, it was, but you've, you've got to put it further in the corner and make it a bit more difficult, I think, for the keeper. Uh, even Andy Robertson's one That was almost a mirror image Of the exact same opportunity That he missed against Luxembourg Where the balls played across the box to him And he does almost the exact same thing he done against Luxembourg And sometimes When it didn't work the first time You try to do it Do something different Why not put the laces through I also think To be fair They weren't the worst culprits Because Robertson had a good game And Dykes was in the areas He just needs to put the ball in the net But I can't understand why Scott McTominay saw a full 90 minutes yesterday. Why he wasn't taken off the park, I don't know. The same with Stephen O'Donnell, because to me, of all the players, they looked the least comfortable with the ball at their feet. McTominay, so many times, was too hurried with trying to pass the ball away, and he gave away the ball cheaply a couple of times. And O'Donnell, obviously, I mean, how he ended up running into Ryan Christie after great footwork by Christie, I don't know. That's, just, it's, I don't know if it's maybe just been... Too overzealous to want to get involved mm. in the play, but you, you just have to have that bit of composure um, that, that I think day two in particular were lacking, and I, I just wanted when, when McGregor was coming on, I thought, right, maybe we will take me off now. He didn't. Then he was bringing on Forrest, still didn't take me Tommy off, and I'm thinking, why is why is he in the pitch for ninety minutes, and is it because he plays for Manchester United that he sh- you know he's irreplaceable because he's not? Um, and again. I guess we could have taken O'Donnell off and given Nathan Patterson half an hour yesterday or whatever to see what he could do. Because one of the things about Patterson as opposed to O'Donnell, I think Nathan Patterson's a more creative player than Stephen, than Stephen O'Donnell. And he might have gave us something more on the right-hand side because too much of our attack was focused on the left. The amount of times the players would get on the ball and they weren't even picking their head up to look for a pass on the right-hand side. It was... Heavily reliant on, on Andy Robertson.
2: Yeah, but when, when we did when we did make some progress down the right, Davy, it, it was when James Forrest came on, wasn't yeah, it?
9: Yeah,
3: And and that would be. I mean, if we're going, to, if Stephen Donald is not going to play, um, James Forrest or Nathan Patterson for me would, would be the ideal replacement on that side. Um, and and again, I'm not having a dig at Stephen O'Donnell. I think he's 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 done really well for Scotland, but he is, I think, a little bit short. Uh, uh, certainly going in against an England side uh, that is of better quality than the the Czech Republic
4: I was going to say I think he had a couple of poor touches early on Stephen O'Donnell didn't he Mm. and he didn't really recover No. and sometimes he can do that too you know you can feel then suddenly you start making poor decisions when you receive the ball you feel as if there's no pass on so you start coming back to your goalkeeper you start trying to play it safe to fill your way back into the game so I mean he didn't have an absolute stinker You know, it wasn't like a a clear and obvious really poor game and everything he'd done was wrong It, it just wasn't the level that he's played at previously and, you know, maybe Davey's right. You know, you reach a level sometimes and you can't get beyond it. You know, that's your your maximum. Um, and I think he looked a little bit uncomfortable at times during the game. He had a ball under his foot and out for a throw. Yeah. And you could see him, his body language changed inside his head. Suddenly you start to have a lot of self-doubt. Um, and if, if Steve Clark sees that over the next couple of days, still there or, or lingering, he can't possibly play him on Friday night. Do,
3: do you think he goes with two up, Stephen? Oh, he has to.
4: He has yeah. to. You know, if he doesn't, then... You know, what kind of message does that even send to your players, David? Yeah, you, know, you can't yeah. say to your players all week, not this is a must win, but we've got to get something from this game. We're going to be positive, but I'm only playing one striker. Mm. As has, that, has, go, so really? has,
2: has that mindset changed because of the result yesterday? Probably. I mean, had,
4: had Scotland yep. drawn or won yesterday, yes. would it have been one up at Wembley? I think it might have been. Yeah. I think it might have been. And that's why when you, you know, when you look at the three games on paper, yesterday was the most winnable one for me because Croatia got to the semi-final of the World Cup in 2018, albeit they're on, I wouldn't say on decline, but I don't think they're as good as what they were back then. No. England are number one seeds, are possibly, but they're a top side. So you think, Czech Republic at Hampden, the fans in the stadium and the feel-good factor, that's the one you want to go and win. And that's the one where you put your team out and thinking, this is the positive team, this is the team that's going to be aggressive, win the ball high up, counter-attack and break, and crosses into the box with two centre-forwards, we'll cross it every opportunity. Because when crosses come into the box yesterday... You know, there was opportunities there. But there was only one striker at the time. So when it goes to two strikers... So I think that, that would be the regret. They won't look at it now and have a regret but because they've got a focus on England. But at the end of the tournament, if they don't get out of the group, I think they will look back and think that was the game there that we should have won or, or possibly could have won.
2: Craig spoke about uh, Scott McTominay there. And, and I mean, he yeah. was caught in the ball a few times. Yeah. Then, and it was just... It just did not look like the sort of form he's be, been yeah. producing for Man United. And also, he, he had a chance, didn't he? He, he had a, a decent... I mean, the ball... Maybe he just had to wait another fraction of a second for the ball to come down. Maybe he took it too high and it, and it went over the it, top. It, but, but in the context of that
3: game, that was a chance. It, wasn't he didn't that? have a good game, did he? Let's, no. let's be honest, he didn't have a good game. Uh, I think you'd always be reluctant to take him off because he's a Rolls Royce of a player and he's going to be huge for Scotland for many years to come. But I, I also think it's fair to say that... Um, I've lost my, my train of thought here, Rob. Let's, Scott McTominay. Um, okay, well, let us let's let me ask Craig... Uh, what, an what, element, what, sorry, of, of Manchester okay. United, the, the, the issue that he is a Manchester United player, and there is an element of that, I think, that, that would make Steve Clark reluctant to, to take him off. I think the, the boys who play for the big clubs, um, yeah. uh, I think managers generally are, are reluctant to take these players off. But do you think his role at Manchester United is different? I was saying the role earlier about Dan Fletcher...
4: You know something similar, he's got a different role at Manchester United, and Scotland maybe expect something different from him because I think at Man United he breaks play up, he drives forward, but he's not a playmaker. You know, he's, he doesn't take the ball off the back floor yeah. and spray passes and, and look for those penetrating passes, Davy You know, so maybe you know, having someone beside him in the Scotland side who does that probably gets the best out of him.
2: Stephen Craigan, David Proven, Rob McLean, Craigan Cumbernauld, and James in Renfrew, who is our Radisson Red winner. He's going to be part of the show at the Radisson Red in Glasgow on Friday James can you send us if that is pretty exciting please (laughs) yes I am Rob I'm really looking forward to it good good man I hope you'll uh, bring some constructive contribution to the the show and hopefully we're talking about a a, a, maybe a Scotland win at Wembley would be lovely I think anything we get out of that game presumably you agree would be great
10: yeah, definitely. I mean, after yesterday, um, obviously it was a big disappointment. Um, I, I think maybe more so the way they played. It was really good in certain parts. They, they, they played some great stuff. But just obviously those two goals, um, losing those two goals. But yeah, um, definitely if we could um, pull something out the bag at Wembley, it would be fantastic. Yeah.
3: Craig, Craig I, I agree with you. I don't think Lyndon Dykes is a, a natural-born goal scorer. I don't think he's a natural finisher. But I'll tell you what, I think if he's in the team, I think he will make chances for Shea Adams who I think is a better finisher. Mm.
9: I, would, I, would, I would agree with that. I think that's why it surprised me that they didn't start with, with Shea Adams and Dykes because I think the best partnership you can get is that. Because Adams is a goal scorer and the parts of the game that Dykes maybe doesn't quite have, I think Adams does. So they complement each other well and you need that because like I say, it's it's so important to take your chances. And look, I still have optimism. I think... I look at England and the, the recent form they've been on. They've not been, you know, free-flowing, you know, scoring goals for fun either. The last three games they've played, they've won by a one goal to nil. So there's no reason to think that if we can go out there, play better than we did yesterday and be more clinical, that that it's you know, there was you know, a possibility for us to get something. Of course, it's tough because it's Wembley, but um, I think Ali McCoy said it last night, and he was right. The Czech Republic was our best chance at getting three points mm. But it's not the only chance And I think that's the mindset The players need to have And of course As fans will get behind them I thought Darren Fletcher Was being a bit harsh on the fans um, When he was talking If you match about You still need to get behind the team Well we're always going to do that Anyway I don't know why he was so worried That fans weren't going to get behind the team Because of a disappointment like, We're still there And we still want us to do well But yeah. got, you've got to be better And against England especially you need to be more clinical because they do have an
2: attack at I don't think we found out, I don't think we found out anything new about London Dykes yesterday that that we didn't know already. Um as Hungary go ahead with ten minutes to go. Um there might well be a VAR here because uh, I think uh, the Portuguese are looking for uh, an offside flag but uh, in fact I don't think the goal is going to count That Flashed up as 1-0 Hungary that could all change in a second as the pictures are reviewed. This is a game that's uh, already underway and uh, I think it was just the two yards offside crags um, so uh, that goal will be chalked off uh, and the Portuguese goalie, goalkeeper Rui Patricio will be pretty relieved. Uh, because it went right through his left hand. Anyway, back to the more important matters. We're not bothered about Hungary and Portugal. We are bothered about England against Scotland at Wembley on Friday. And I was just in the process of saying there that I don't think we found anything we didn't know already. Lyndon Dykes is a really good target man, really good striker. He's never going to be a prolific scorer of goals and the combination of him and Adams seems to be the right way to go. I think I think we're all singing from that same song sheet here in the studio, James. Do you, do you go along with that? Would you like to see two up at Wembley?
10: Yeah, definitely two up. Um, as you say, I mean, London Dykes, it won't score loads of goals. But if we can get Tierney back in the team, um, him and Robertson, if they can get cross balls into um, London Dykes, he will, I think, will, will try and go for them. Um, he will he will give us an opportunity um, But yeah, as a target man he'll, he, he will do really well He'll be able to lay off that ball to Shea Adams And depending on who's playing If it's Armstrong or Christie If they're coming in behind um, Shea Adams Then there, he's, he can lay it on the plate for them as well So yeah, I, I do think that Whilst he won't be The main goal scoring threat for us um, I think his power of work Will help create Chances for others
2: and I think Kieran Tierney will be a scary thought, Davey, for, for England. Yeah. Because just because, we, we know what he's like, just because he's playing on the left side of back three, he can pop up just about anywhere.
3: Yeah, t- it's not just about where, where he gets into in the last third, it's the quality of the ball in, isn't oh, it? Yeah. when both he and Andy Robertson, you're yeah. dovetailing brilliantly. You know, if Tierney goes beyond Robertson, Robertson will sit for him, vice versa. And it gives, it gives Kieran Tierney a lot of scope down that side of the pitch. And, you know, if you're a striker, getting that type of delivery. And we saw it against Luxembourg. I know the opposition was, wasn't was great. But that regular type of ball in from that side of the pitch is right up Lyndon Dyke's, you know, street. And he will be all over John Stones if, if that ball's coming in.
2: And Craig, he probably has a big effect as well, Kieran Tierney, whether he's in the team or not in the team, on, on the players around him as well.
9: Absolutely. Yeah, he absolutely does. Um, there's no question about it. And I did, I did feel that maybe... Um, You know, maybe Stevie Clark could have slightly changed or or altered the system a wee bit because I feel like they're still sort of loosely set up to play the exact same way as if Tierney was in the team. Um, And Tierney and Robertson as a partnership, they're the only two players in our squad that can actually do what they do. They are phenomenal. And when you have that threat, I mean, everybody, when we saw Tierney was, was not in the team yesterday, was gutted by that everybody was, was thinking oh no and, you know that's a massive blow you know one of our best players and he's not going to be there um, but you know having said that there are some things you can't legislate for I mean yeah. you can't legislate that David Marshall's going to be standing in the edge of the halfway line and be lobbed I mean I still I don't, I, I don't I, think he was quite I, on I the David halfway Marshall's line but I take your point <laughs> but, yeah well listen he's a hero for the country because he's, he's saving me to get us there so I'm not going to be able critical of him but I still don't actually know why he's that far out. Because I see keepers come out because they're sweeper keepers. But mm-hmm. it's usually maybe 20 yards out, 25 yards. Which, if he was, he'd have saved that, no bother. I don't even think Chick would have taken John if he was 10 or 20 yards further back than he mm-hmm. was. Um, that that just puzzled me. And you can't, for I just want the boys to go out there, put a bit of shifting, but be more composed and, and patient. Because sometimes there, should when you force it, doesn't work. I mean, that goal came for Jack Hendry trying to force the issue, having a shot. Yeah, in No Man's Land when he's got to be passing. So if they're just a bit more composed and go. We can win this game. We can beat England. You know. Um,
2: Craig that's a goal <laughs> and this what this one is going to count uh, Portugal have just gone ahead with about f- uh, six minutes to go in uh, in Budapest um, so it looks late on in the day as if that's going to be a winner for Portugal and you just wonder how well they might well do in the tournament 1-0 there that game is uh, live at the moment at Euro 2020 we're talking um, in fact we're coming to the end of our chat for now about England Scotland so we we'll want to get a quick prediction uh, from the two of you firstly Craig about Friday
9: yeah, um, I'll go for 2-1 Scotland why not let's have it
2: <laughs> Yeah, beauty we'll take that in a minute Craig thanks for calling good to have you on the show
4: cheers all right. the best cheers.
2: to you and uh, James heading for the Radisson Red on Friday looking forward to that and what are you going to be talking about do you think are you going to be talking about a totally rejuvenated Scottish performance James
10: I would love to be talking about that at the end of the at the game Um I would love like like Craig a two-one a two-one winner. My sort of head is sort of saying, yeah, we have got it in us for a two-one win. Um, but honestly, I would definitely even take a one-one draw um, and walk away there with at least scoring one goal anyway.
2: Enjoy it, Friday. Good to have you with
10: us. No worries. Thank
2: you. Cheers. That's James in Renfrew, who's won the competition. He will be with us as part of that build-up show on Friday ahead of England, Scotland at Wembley. The
1: Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
2: Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. England, Scotland, Wembley, Friday. James from Renfrew is going to be there. And it's all the essential build-up. To the big game, can Scotland respond to what happened at Hamden yesterday? It Looks like uh, Portugal are going to get all three points, no doubt about it now, because they've scored twice uh, late on in Budapest against Hungary. Guerrero with uh, six minutes to go and uh, almost inevitably uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has got his goal as well from a penalty late on Davey I know you've been concentrating 100% on the, the chat <laughs> on the show but in those rare fleeting moments when you've yeah. been looking at the screen mainly for about 90 minutes oh, no. um, how's it been?
3: Can't take my eyes off Portugal just so easy on the eye so much flair in their side and Ronaldo hasn't really been at his best tonight I mean if he catches fire they'll be in the shake up who's to say they won't defend their title? And that's it isn't it? He gets goals crags doesn't he? Um Even especially
2: maybe when you're struggling, he can get you a goal and that makes all the difference. A Scotland note yeah. to their cost
4: from yesterday. Well, he's such a threat, isn't he? You know, you can keep him quiet for 89 minutes and then he pops up with a goal, whether it's a penalty kick or he creates something. He attracts attention. He draws players to him, which potentially then goes and creates space for others. And, you know, we're speaking about Shea Adams and, and Lyndon Dyke. Sometimes the centre-forwards, Rob, centre-forwards like to play on their own. You know, they like to play as a lone striker and they can run the line themselves and they can chase in behind. Some players look more comfortable playing in a two and they like to have a, a partner. And I just look at Shea Adams and, and Lyndon Dykes. I think they complement each other really well. Um, and it, 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 could, it could be the one regret that Steve Clarke has looking at and thinking, I should have trusted my instinct. I should have went with the two aggressive ones. Because, I mean, they only really got, what, seven minutes together in the start of the second half and it went 2-0. Then the game's away and it becomes more difficult. But certainly in the opening, you know, spelling that second half, Shea Adams looked a lot better. And I'm not comparing Shay Adams to Ronaldo. I'm just talking about mm. centre forwards in general. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to test you again, but how many days to the start of the... Premiership 47, season. Forty-seven. Forty-seven. Forty-seven days in counting to start the Scottish Premiership season. We talk about that because, of course, the fixtures were announced today for the opening weekend. It doesn't seem uh, so very long since the last campaign ended, uh, but already thinking and talking about uh, the start of next season as we turn to the screen and see that Cristiano Ronaldo has scored. Again, it was nil-nil with six minutes to go and it's now 3-0 Portugal That's inside difference with top teams. time. That, yep. You know, they
4: just take games away from teams. They've got that star player, that little bit of quality um, you know they create the chances and they take them. And if you had a little investment in
2: Cristiano Ronaldo to be top scorer in the tournament, you're not complaining at all about two in the opening game. He's just dribbled it around the goalkeeper and fired it into the back of the net. He is no spring chicken, uh, but he is still Davy doing the business. Yeah, he's
3: amazing. It's, it's going to be such a pity when he and Messi hang their boots up. They, yeah. they really have taken the game to a new level. And that's a wonderful example of Ronaldo's composure, his skill and what he means to Portugal. You know, if for them to have any chance of winning this, he has to stay fit.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's been a, a such a, a glamorous mm-hmm. battle and a long-running battle, hasn't it, between Messi and Ronaldo? Uh, but we're going to see Kylian Mbappe, maybe the one of the heirs to, to yeah. that throne uh, in the years to come. He's in action tonight, 8 o'clock France against Germany. Um, and he, he's broken all sorts of scoring records, Crags, hasn't he? Uh, Champions League, mm-hmm. incredible. And you would imagine he'll be transferring that onto the
4: international stage here. Well, they will be, and you know that's the players we want to see. We want to see the top top players playing at the big tournaments against the best teams, the best defenders. You know, for young people to sit and watch how they, you know, open defenses up, the runs they make, the goals they score. It was interesting. There's been a bit of fallout this week in the French squad, hasn't there? I think Olivier Giroud had come out with a couple of comments, hadn't he, after the recent game? I think one of the recent friendlies was it Israel, possibly, and he just said, you know, I'm not getting enough chances. I'm not putting the ball in the right areas, and. Mbappe was saying, I wish he'd spoken in the dressing room as opposed to making it public. So, I just wonder there's a little spat going on. But also, uh, Karen Benzema is back in the, mm. the fold. It's incredible. Yeah. He hasn't played football, international football for six years, yet he's still got 82 caps. Yeah. I <laughs> think maybe that, he maybe would have had in those. Incredible. You know, because they've won the World Cup in that time and okay. got the finals of the Euros. He would have about 150 caps. So, you always want to see the best players at the biggest tournaments.
2: I was just going to say, it's not like the French to fall out, is it? At, a, <laughs> at a, an international tournament. Uh, but we'll see how they get on tonight, 8 o'clock, against Germany. Uh, I was in the middle of uh, talking about the Scottish Premiership fixtures. It's amazing where the football chat conversation goes uh, on this show. Uh, Rangers opening up in the Premiership on the 31st of July. July. 47 days away, uh, against Livingston. Uh, and and it's interestingly, uh, Davy Martindale, the Livingston boss, will be on the show tomorrow night with Barry and Paul. So it'll be good to hear from him. He is a an amazing story all in himself. Uh, Ange Postekoglu's first uh, domestic game as Celtic manager, uh, hopefully he'll be in the country by then, uh, will be at uh, Promoted wow. Hearts um, it's a start and that eight o'clock yeah. on Saturday night as well. Yeah, I'm just eight looking eight at that. I was, I was doubting myself as I was.
4: gonna be your gig, David. If there's one on the Saturday afternoon at Rangers. You'll be.
3: Yeah, I'll yeah, well, listen. I hope. So. Yeah. I always remember Dick Advocates' first league game was Tynecastle, um, and actually lost that game. His, his first yeah. game in charge of Rangers. Yeah. But the place was rocking, mm. and it will be the same again. You know, now that Hearts are back up, yeah. Celtic new manager. It's the ingredients I think Bre-
4: Brendan Rogers' first game was there as well. Scott was Simpler. Wasn't really? right, yeah. Scott? Yeah, Scott yeah. scored a little You're winner.
2: Right. He did indeed. Well, 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 it's,
4: got, it's got a little history, that fixture. Davey, are you available for eight o'clock kickoffs? <laughs> <laughs> Can
2: you check the small print of your contract, see if, see I'll if be that there, works. Rob, for I'll you? be there. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Uh, double Cup winner St. Johnston are away to Ross County, opening weekend, and uh, Dundee uh, return to the top flight at home to St. Mirren, the first Old Firm match of the season. Is it Ibrox on the 28th of August? And of course, before all of that, uh, Craggs, we've got the, the League Cup or the or the Premier Sports Cup as it's going to be called yeah. from now on.
4: Well, it starts on <laughs> the, the 9th of June, doesn't it? Kelty Hearts, Kevin Thompson. How many right days away is that? Tra- I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a guess at 27 or twenty. I imagine something along <laughs> yeah. those lines. Yeah. But that was a kind of a strange one from Kevin Thompson, was it? Possibly? Leading going, Rangers in the comfort yeah. of managing the reserve is possibly going to manage in the Lone League.
2: Yeah. I think he just sees himself as a manager, yeah. doesn't he, down the line. And, and uh, you know, we've seen Barry Ferguson... Talks a good game for Kevin Thompson he he does sp- when I hear him on TV. He speaks very well. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he's he definitely got something. And he? he obviously just doesn't see himself as as behind the scenes because, yeah. you know, presumably he could have been in that job for as long as he wanted um, running that operation for, for Rangers. But he obviously wants to be in charge in his own right and seeing that, uh, you know, it's catapulted... Uh, Barry Ferguson our own Barry into the SPFL
3: they all want to give it a go don't they everyone wants to to give management a go Um, very few make it Um, so many casualties but it's good luck to him and if he's half as good in the dugout as he is talking good sense on the TV he'll do okay
2: uh, final whistle has gone in Budapest, Hungary nil, Portugal three. It's a remarkable scoreline just because it was nil-nil with six minutes to go. Uh, two from Ronaldo in that three. I'm just looking at pictures of the Hungarian team who look uh, devastated at what's <laughs> happened to them in front of a 60,000 crowd in Budapest. Um, and they thought they were clinging on for a point. Portugal had other ideas. In the final few minutes, we are going to pick Stevie Clark's team for him, Crags. Um, you're going with two up uh, just read us through what you think if you can off the top I of will, your head I'm sure you will I
4: think he will go David Marshall he will go back three off Hanley in the right uh, Cooper in the middle Kearney on the left Robertson and Forrest
2: Hanley, Cooper, Tierney uh, Robertson and Forrest
4: Robertson and Forrest are two wing backs yeah. I think Callum McGregor Scott McTominay John McGinn mm-hmm. and the big two up front
2: Adams and Dykes up front Davey
3: I hope he goes with two up Yeah. And certainly I think he'll stand by David Marshall I think it'll be Jack Henry, Hanley and Tierney. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forrest and Robertson. Um, so you'd agreed on to, on James Forrest at right wing back, which... Yeah, uh, I, I think so, yeah. yeah. Influenced got, by what you saw yesterday? Well, I, I, I think the pace of James Forrest against Marcus Rashford on that side because mm-hmm. they, they'll need somebody to track Rashford. But if Rashford comes off that side, um, when the play's on the other side, very difficult to, to match the run of Rashford when he comes off the wide area because the centre-backs, aren't if they're looking at the play don't see Rashford coming on the blind side and you need somebody to go all the way with him James Forrest might be in because he's quick enough and, and mobile enough to, to match Rashford and that, that's, that's not going to be easy matching that
2: so what's the rest of your team two up and McGinn off so McTominay and McGregor in the middle yeah. in the midfield yeah. two up McGinn off McGinn off uh, Dykes and Adams, and Adams which yeah. I guess is what most people thought was going to happen yesterday And um, game too late really isn't it but let, yeah.
3: let's hope they can pull something out the bag Um very often when Scotland are, are most in need we, we find something you know, if you think back to we draw with Iran then we beat Holland in 78 and was it Italia 90 we lost to Costa Rica oh. and then beat Sweden we, we we've got this comeback in us and <laughs> Hopefully it's there on Friday night. Mind you, we were wearing that bizarre leisure top against Costa Rica <laughs> at the World <Royal laughs> Cup in
2: 1990. Maybe that had something to do with it um, as well. Um, but the great thing is, and we've spoken about it right through the show, Crags, is that, is that there's a lot to come from a lot of those Scotland players. It's not as if we were anywhere near firing on all cylinders yesterday.
4: And they have to find it on Friday because if you don't find it on Friday night, Rob, it could be a long night. You could be punished heavily against the good England side if you're not at it. But I just think because so many of them play in England, they will want to show their counterparts down there. Listen, we're not as bad as what people think we are. We've got a little bit of edge. We've got a little bit of spirit. We've got a little bit of energy about us, and give us a chance, and we'll take it. So I think
3: I think we'll see a different Scotland on Friday night.
2: And if we can get something against England, Croatia didn't look like world beaters. No, to be they honest. Did
3: not. No, I mean World Cup finalists last time around, but don't look at it at the moment. Uh, but we we've got to we've got to find something completely different. You know, yesterday was just so disappointing, and you just hope Wembley, the, the, the whole. Theatre of Wembley brings out the best in our players it does so often to, yeah. to Scottish footballers let's hope it does it again on Friday night scoreline Davy one each or two each I think we will got a draw
2: Drags. yeah one 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 happy with the draw I would uh, certainly take that we yeah. will take that and hopefully uh, move on and maybe uh, the story is not over at the group stage for Scotland at the Euros as I said Davy Martindale the Livingston boss here with Barry and with Paul tomorrow Craig Moore and Leanne Crichton are with me here on Thursday as we build up to the big game on Friday. Thanks for your company.
1: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC
1: Energy.